Welcome to Hence the Future podcast. I'm Adam Cronin, and today we're discussing the highly anticipated U.S. government report on UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. This report was released on June 25, 2021, at the behest of Congress to, quote, assess the threat posed by unidentified aerial phenomena and the progress that the Department of Defense Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force has made in understanding this threat. Let's dive right into what's in this report, what the possible explanations are for these UAPs, and what's most likely to prove true in the future. So first, what's in this report? The report investigates 144 incidents of UAP sightings between 2004 and 2021. 80 of these sightings involve multiple sensors. That includes radar, infrared, electro-optical, weapon seekers, and visual observation. Most of these reports came during pre-planned training exercises of U.S. military pilots, which were interrupted by the sighting of these UAPs. Officials were only able to definitively explain one of these 144 incidents, which was a deflating balloon. All the other 143 incidents remain unexplained, though there are some common patterns that emerge in the data. One is that most of the reports were gathered by pilots near the coast. This may be more due to a collection bias because pilots are the ones flying around with sensors looking at things along the coast and in the airspace. And pilots also probably are more believed than a typical civilian who might see the same thing. 18 of these reports included, quote, unusual UAP movement patterns. In some cases, the UAP remained totally stationary even amid high-speed wind conditions. In other examples, these UAPs are moving at high speeds and shifting directions on a dime without any visible propulsion system and without any audible sonic boom, even in the case where they're going much faster than the speed of sound. And in a few cases, radio frequency energies were also detected coming from the UAPs. There were also 11 reports of, quote, near misses with UAPs, meaning pilots almost ran into these UAPs while conducting their aerial exercises, thus posing airspace safety risks for pilots. The possible explanations posed in this report are, one, airborne clutter, so trash, old weather balloons, things like that. Two, natural atmospheric phenomena, so some type of weather phenomena or weather anomaly. Three, U.S. government classified technology and adversary technology, or other, which would be the catch-all term for everything that's not of this world that we know. The report also highlights the difficulty in making any conclusions here, specifically because there has not been a standard way for collecting this data until recently. So now that the stigma has been removed for reporting these UAPs among pilots, and now that there's a more standardized way to report these sightings, we should be able to gather much more clear and consistent data in the future. So the report doesn't come to any groundbreaking revelations about UAPs, and to understand why UAPs are getting so much attention right now, and why skeptics are giving UAPs a closer look, we need to look at the three highly publicized video recordings of UAPs, which really are the crux of this whole mystery. In 2020, the Pentagon formally released three videos depicting UAPs after these videos had already been published by the New York Times in 2017, thereby confirming that those three videos were in fact recorded by U.S. Navy pilots. The first video was recorded in 2004, and it's named FLIR, F-L-I-R. The second video was recorded in 2014, that's nicknamed Gimbal. And the third video was recorded in 2015, and that's nicknamed Go Fast. 
The first video, FLIR, is perhaps the single most credible claim of a UAP sighting in history. And the person at the forefront of this is U.S. Navy Commander David Fravor. He was on Joe Rogan. He was on Lex Friedman. It's definitely worth watching those interviews if you've never heard about David Fravor before. And essentially, he was doing aerial exercises with his squad off the coast of Southern California when he was given a, quote, real-world vector. That means he was supposed to go investigate a real-world flying entity somewhere in his vicinity. The operator told Fravor that they had been spotting these unusual aircrafts for weeks, but this was the first time they actually had pilots in the air at the same time. So Fravor went to investigate. He had a wingman in his plane. There was another plane with a pilot and a wingman. So in total, we had four U.S. Navy members going to investigate this live target. When they went to the location identified by the radar, they witnessed a large disturbance in the water and an object above that disturbance, which Fravor described as a tic-tac, meaning it was totally smooth, it was about 40 feet long, and it didn't seem to have any visible propulsion system, and it didn't seem to have any cockpit or any other discernible features to it. It was just a smooth, tic-tac-like shaped, 40-foot-long object. So Fravor, his wingman, and the other plane with two U.S. Navy members all watched this object for five minutes straight. They saw it both with their naked eyes, because they were close enough, and they saw it with multiple different tracking systems as shown in that viral video. The object moved up and down and moved side to side in very quick movements that seemed to defy the concept of air resistance. If you've ever seen a helicopter or a drone, in order to shift movement and shift direction, you have to gradually turn around because there's inertia when you're going in one direction. This aircraft, by contrast, didn't seem to have any type of inertia. It could just move forward and back, side to side, unlike any aircraft that we know to exist today. Based on their tracking systems, this UAP was able to travel at Mach 5. That means five times the speed of sound without creating any sonic boom that they could hear and without any visible propulsion system or any type of exhaust. Now, the fastest aircraft the U.S. currently has is Mach 3. And to turn around that aircraft, it would take the size of the state of Ohio to fully turn it around because there's so much inertia going in that direction. So to give an idea of why this was so mysterious to an experienced pilot like Fravor, he was seeing this thing go five times the speed of sound while being able to also turn on a dime and not create any sonic boom or have any visual propulsion system at all. So as Fravor took his plane down to investigate, the UAP suddenly disappeared and then it reappeared on radar 60 miles away. Now this is when the video is taken. So I'm going to show this video right now on the video version of Hence the Future podcast. So you can find that on YouTube if you want to see this full video version. Now what's interesting about this case is that Fravor is a very credible witness, whereas many other sightings of UAPs have been by incredible witnesses. Fravor has 18 years of experience as a Navy pilot. He doesn't have any grand conspiracy behind his claim to have seen this object. He is simply saying that he saw this object on this day and there is video to back it up. He also said that no one in a black suit ever came to him from the government telling him he can't talk about what he saw. So he doesn't have any kind of government conspiracy, which I think makes him more credible. And 
just by the fact that he's a Navy pilot commander with 18 years of experience, and he said that he had never witnessed anything like this in all of his years as a pilot. He's more credible in the sense that if anyone can determine the difference between a true UAP and a weather balloon or a piece of trash floating around or something else like that that's mundane, it would be an experienced Navy pilot like Fravor. The second video is called Gimbal, and this was recorded in 2014. I'll show this video right now as well on the video pod, and you can hear these pilots talking to one another as they're witnessing this object moving about. They're guessing if it's a drone, they're wondering what it is, how it's able to move against the wind, and then you actually see this object rotate, which is very abnormal. You never see a, a helicopter or drone like rotate upside down. That's not something you typically see. In the third video called Go Fast, this video shows pilots trying to lock onto a target, but it's moving so quickly that the targeting system is having a hard time keeping up. Finally, they are able to lock onto it and everyone's cheering, celebrating. They finally were able to lock onto this target and they are just amazed and they're all talking to each other, wondering what it is. They say, what the F is that? And they say, wow, look at it fly. So these are the three most credible, well-documented incidents of UAPs that have been published publicly to date. And one thing I will say from the skeptic in me is that all of these videos are very grainy. They aren't high resolution and any iPhone video would be better resolution than what we're seeing here. So that is, I think, the strongest argument for skeptics is that, look, extraordinary claims need extraordinary evidence. And if you're going to tell me that there is some truly otherworldly phenomena that we're witnessing, I'm going to need something better than a grainy black and white video that's 20 seconds long. However, others will point out that these are very credible Navy pilots. These are all separate instances and they're all witnessing the same type of thing. The objects look somewhat similar. They act in a somewhat similar way. So it seems like quite a coincidence that you would have three separate instances of these experienced pilots being duped by the same type of phenomenon. So clearly these pilots are seeing something. If four pilots are all looking at something for five minutes and they're tracking it with their radar systems, clearly something is there. The question is, what is that something? So now let's look at some of the possible explanations for these UAP sightings. 
The first hypothesis is not in the report, but it's something posed by Neil deGrasse Tyson multiple times. He says maybe it was a glitch in their radar system. This is the radar glitch hypothesis. However, that doesn't account for these pilots seeing this UAP with the naked eye. Also, when you have 144 incidents over a period of 2004 to 2021, they're not all using the same system. These are different planes, different systems. So it doesn't seem likely that the same type of glitch would create this same type of phenomena across all these different systems and all these different planes. And the fact that they saw it with the naked eye, I think, is the reason why they don't even mention this possibility in the report. The next possibility mentioned is probably the most common that I've heard, and that's that it's either foreign adversary technology, so China or Russia or someone else has technology that is leaps and bounds ahead of our own, or it could be classified U.S. military technology that maybe people even in the DOD who are doing this report, maybe they don't even know about it because it's so highly classified. This possibility is compelling because, yeah, it seems possible that maybe China has some super advanced technology today that we don't know about quite yet. But some of these videos go all the way back to 2004. Now, the iPhone wasn't released until 2007. So if you're trying to tell me that there is this super advanced propulsion system that doesn't leave any sort of exhaust, doesn't create any sonic boom, and you can move without any sort of air resistance back in 2004 before there was even iPhones, that's hard for me to believe. Also, China steals intellectual property from the United States and from American companies. Why would they steal our IP if they're so far ahead of us technologically? So this, to me, doesn't seem likely. And while the report does hint at this, it seems like the report also is skeptical about the possibility of this being our adversaries, given how advanced the technology is. It also seems like if the U.S. had it, we might want to sort of show off the fact that we have it. Certainly, if we've had it since 2004, it seems quite unlikely that no one would leak that information over the decades that have elapsed since then. Same thing with China. It seems like we would have some sort of understanding that maybe this technology is on the horizon from all the decades that it has been active based on the span of years of this report. The next possibility outlined in this report is airborne clutter. This would be something like a piece of trash floating in the wind or maybe a weather balloon that got deflated so it's moving a little bit faster than you would expect it to. These are experienced pilots and the tracking systems themselves showed that these objects moved at Mach 5, way faster than the speed of sound. Now, I've never seen a piece of trash move faster than the speed of sound, but that seems quite unlikely. Also, the fact that their radar system was being jammed seems like how could that be a piece of trash or some sort of airborne clutter? So I think it's safe to say that airborne clutter is highly unlikely. If it were just that, I don't think it would have gotten as far as it has. I don't think this report would have even been issued if you could explain all of these sightings by just some trash that's left over in the atmosphere. The next example is natural atmospheric phenomena. This could be something like a weather anomaly, something that is a force of nature, but maybe we haven't quite grasped what that is yet. This to me actually is pretty compelling because there is so much we don't know about the natural world. Alan Watts has a great quote where he talks about how we already know how limited our senses are. We can only see so many wavelengths of light. We can only hear so many wavelengths of sound. And we have instruments that can detect 
wavelengths of light and sound beyond what our own senses can perceive. Lord only knows what's beyond the reach of the instruments. So by that logic, it seems quite likely that maybe there are natural phenomena that we don't quite understand yet because we have a limited understanding of science and we don't quite know what's going on in the higher layers of the emergence tower. So this being some sort of natural phenomena, to me, does seem the most likely out of the explanations we've discussed thus far. Now let's address the final possibility outlined in this report, the quote, other category. I like that they use the term other for this because it doesn't limit the possibilities of what this could be. If they had framed it as aliens or extraterrestrials, those are both loaded terms, and I think that would limit our brainstorming as to what this might be. We don't know if it's extraterrestrial. For instance, it may originate from Earth on a different time scale, like it may be future Earthlings coming back to visit us. It could be some parallel dimension version of Earth. So we can't say for certain that it's extraterrestrial, even if it's far more advanced, and even if it's not one of the current nation states in this space-time continuum of 2021 that we inhabit. We also don't know if it's from outer space or inner space. I think we often have this Star Wars view of the universe, which is a pretty primitive view of the universe, which is there's these other planets and there's Martians and then they fly over here on their ship and then they want to take our resources. And that's kind of a cute understanding of what an advanced civilization would be like. It seems much more likely to me that they would emerge from inner space, meaning they would emerge from the quantum realm, like in the movie Ant-Man, rather than having to deal with long-haul space journeys. And we don't know if it's manned or unmanned. There could be an actual biological being in the ship, or it could be remotely controlled by a biological being, so some sort of like a remote drone maybe controlled through quantum entanglement, or it could be a fully autonomous drone type of machine. So really, we don't know if it's manned or unmanned. We don't know if it's from inner space or outer space. We don't know if it's extraterrestrial or if it came from some version of Earth. So there is a lot we don't know in that other category. Now let's get into the future scenarios and my own predictions about what's likely to prove true in the future. Let's start with the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. The worst case scenario in my mind is that it is adversary technology because a higher dimensional being or a super advanced civilization, it seems unlikely like they would need our resources and they would have a need to squash us and go to war with us in the same way that our other human competitors do. Because when you think about what it would be like to be a super advanced civilization, we know that transmutation is possible, meaning you can take atomic elements and you can create pretty much any matter, theoretically, that you would need to. Similarly with bits, you could create any type of information, any conscious experience that you like. So why would you need to go to some other planet, take their resources, if you could just create matter out of the core components of the universe? Whereas if it really is Chinese technology or Russian technology, I think really Chinese technology is the only claim that anyone is making as far as it being adversary tech. In that case, we're dealing with another fallible human civilization that is already an adversary of ours, and therefore that is worrisome. 
I would be way more worried about another mere human civilization having this type of tech than I would about some super advanced civilization that is just coming in, popping in out of curiosity and then popping out. In fact, Marco Rubio in 2020 was asked about UAPs and he said, quote, frankly, if it's something outside the planet, that might actually be better than the fact we've seen some sort of technological leap from the Chinese or Russians. So he's pointing out this very same fact, which is that we may actually be in more trouble if this type of technology is controlled by mere humans. While this is the worst case in a realistic sense, the actual worst case of all the possibilities is what's called the super predator hypothesis. This is one of the answers to the Fermi paradox. And the Fermi paradox is, why aren't there any other civilizations out there if there are so many different suns and planets that could habit life, much like how Earth inhabits life, why aren't we seeing any signs of them? Why aren't we capturing any radio waves or any other signifiers of intelligent life? And the scariest answer to this is that perhaps there is one dominant civilization that keeps an eye on all the other blossoming civilizations. And once they reach a certain point in their development, they crush them. So they no longer have any competition. There's a term that Australians use, which is cutting the tall poppies. So when poppies get really tall, you cut them so they're all the same height. And this may be what the super predator civilization is doing, that they squash civilizations once they reach a certain level of advancement. Now, while this is the worst case scenario, I personally am not worried about this at all. And in fact, it wouldn't really change anything I do in my own life, even if it were true. But it's worth stating just as the worst possible outcome that we could have to experience. Now let's get into the best case scenario. Best case scenario. The best case scenario is that either it's some type of natural phenomena that is yet unexplained by science, or it is a group of higher dimensional conscious beings who are either curious or maybe even benevolent towards us. This may be similar to what's known as the zoo hypothesis. This is also one of the explanations for the Fermi paradox. And this states that maybe there are many civilizations that are higher than us, but because they are so advanced, they may have escaped the three-dimensional reality that we still inhabit. And they may be able to traverse the space-time continuum in ways that we are not able to. And if you did have a type of spacecraft where you could explore different timelines, different parallel universes, go forward, back, side to side with time in the same way that we are able to with space, you probably would want to pop in and out of different civilizations just out of curiosity. And if you were able to control gravity and have an anti-gravity force field that warps the fabric of space-time, you might be able to move your ship in the same way that these Navy pilots have witnessed. It would also be cool if these UAPs were originated from Earth, whether from another timeline, whether from the future of Earth, and they're coming back as a form of tourism. Imagine a hundred years from now or a thousand years from now where we have mastered time travel and you could pay to get in one of these ships and go back and see what Earth was like in the early days before the AI singularity. And maybe that traveling is more easily done through water or just by going in the ocean, you have a less of a chance of running into something. So that's why these things tend to pop up near the ocean. And when you think about the emergence tower, it's important to know that we are so limited in our perspective. 
So we already can use microscopes to see the cells and proteins and molecules moving around in our body. That's one layer down in the emergence tower. And then if we go one layer up from a, us, a human, you get all of human society. And so we're all kind of part of this grand society of all humans. And then a layer up from that would be all earthlings. And maybe there are higher layers of emergence that we don't really have access to. And maybe what we're witnessing with these UAPs are some types of refractions or just some glimpses at those higher layers of emergence. Again, this would be a good outcome because it would mean that it's really not some separate entity. It's really like some kind of refraction of ourselves or our collective consciousness or the conscious energy of Mother Earth. Now let's talk about the most likely scenario. Most likely scenario. The most likely scenario, considering all the possibilities, is that it is some higher dimensional being or group of higher dimensional beings that are popping in to our point along the space-time continuum and then popping out of our point on the space-time continuum. In other words, they are surfing the quantum wave function of possible universes. And to bring this point home, let's do a thought experiment. Imagine you are a three-dimensional being, which you are, and you're interacting with a two-dimensional world. So a two-dimensional world would be something like a piece of paper with stick figures on it. And imagine they're all living their own stick figure lives. And then you come in as a three-dimensional being and you stick your hand through their two-dimensional universe. Now to these stick figure beings, it would appear as this giant circle growing in size as you stick your hand in and then shrinking in size and then disappearing. And as a two-dimensional being, you would be like, what the heck is going on? What was that? Did you guys see that? And it would seem to not be explainable based on the laws of your own universe. Now, that makes a lot of sense to us because we're going down from what we already can perceive. But imagine one layer up. Imagine now you're a four-dimensional being. So you're someone who not only can move around in space wherever you want, but you can also move around in time wherever you want. You can go to different parallel dimensions left and right. You can also go forward in time into the future. You can go back in time into the past. If you are that type of a four-dimensional or higher being and you go past a three-dimensional reality, which is our reality, it may look very much like what these U.S. Navy pilots are witnessing. And this is my personal best guess at what we're experiencing is a higher dimensional being or group of beings interacting with our three-dimensional reality. And the next question is, how are they doing this? And I think another thought experiment is in order, and this is the bowling ball trampoline thought experiment. So imagine you have a trampoline, you put a bowling ball in the middle of it, and then you roll a tennis ball around the side of it. The tennis ball will naturally be attracted to the bowling ball, but that's not what's really happening. What's really happening is that the mass of the bowling ball is warping the fabric of the trampoline, which is very similar to how all massive objects warp the fabric of space-time. And that's how gravity works. That is the fundamental force of gravity. But if we were able to create our own anti-gravity force field where we could emit gravity in any direction, you could essentially go wherever you like and warp space-time as you are going there. So this may be the way that these UAPs are able to travel at ways that our current aircraft are not able to. I also find it interesting how our own propulsion systems do seem kind of primitive from a God's eye view. The fact that we have to 
blow something up, shoot it out of one side of the aircraft in order to propel us forward. It does seem like kind of a brutish way of traveling. Why not instead just make gravity go this way and then you effortlessly go in that direction? Or let's make gravity go that way and you effortless go, effortlessly go in that direction. If you could warp space-time however you would like, you'd be able to move without any air resistance and without any of the inhibitions that we tend to experience with our aircraft. It's also worth remembering that in none of these 144 instances was there any type of hostile activity. So it seems like if they wanted to be hostile, they probably would have shown some signs of hostility already. I wouldn't worry about there being some kind of alien takeover. I think that's ridiculous. I also think it's ridiculous to think there are no other conscious beings out there. It's just us earthlings. So the fact that we are interacting with potentially some higher dimensional or extra dimensional beings, I think makes more sense than there not being any other higher dimensional beings or extra dimensional beings in the cosmos. And as far as my predictions about what's likely to happen in the future, I think we are going to find out a lot more in the next five to 10 years, both because there is now a clear reporting system for these incidents and because the stigma has been removed and people are actually taking a close look at this. And lastly, because the most entertaining outcome is the most likely. I think we've seen that time and time again. And the fact that these UAPs are starting to appear, I don't think the story is over yet, but wherever the story leads, I'll go there with you. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we'll see you next time. The past, the present, and the future. Present.